Brighter Media Group original. You're listening to Your Day Brighter, the podcast. Before we jump in, I got to thank some special people, our sponsors, J29 Solutions. They're innovators with the right solutions for your business and a company committed to giving back to the community. We are grateful and proud to have them a part of this podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Tiernan, and I'm so happy that you're here. Do you ever wonder what the difference is between worship music, worship leading, or just full-on performance and entertainment? Do you ever wonder how some people who are in full-time ministry, who are making some of this great music that we sing in church all around the world, how they keep their head on straight, how they keep their hearts in the right place before God? How does this not become about them. Well, I am going to share with you a conversation with a young man who is part of a huge worship movement. It's Chris Brown from Elevation Worship. And boy, talk about the spotlight and the platform that God has given him. And I just love Chris. He is just a sweetheart of a guy who is trying to as honestly and authentically live his life for the glory of God. If you or someone that you love is in ministry, I think this conversation could be a real help to them. Or maybe you're, you know, kind of just watching this whole movement of worship music and uh, just the lights on the stage and these big voices. And you're wondering, is that for real? Well, listen in and find out. Pull up a chair or turn your car radio up (laughs) wherever you're listening. Get comfy and join me for a special conversation with Chris Brown from Elevation. Hey, Chris Brown, how you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm doing very good. My day is off to a good start. You know, how was yours? It's been awesome so far. It really has. And I'm a very early morning person. I do the morning show on um, Shine FM in Baltimore. So I'm up at 3 a.m. So um, it's basically like dinner time right right now. But (laughs) (laughs) You're winding down the day right now. Yeah, I'm thrilled to meet you. I was very excited to meet Um, the young man that's been singing and writing so many songs that are so precious to me and to the the church all around the world. Um, That's, that's a lot sitting on your shoulders. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I, um, it's, uh, it's honestly, it's, it's the craziest honor that I feel like uh, I've just year after year of just kind of fallen into, um, and I, I, I kind of use that word fallen intentionally because, uh, I mean, I, I grew up in the smallest town and my dad helped pastor a church of like 120 people on a good Sunday. And I didn't grow up with a context for any of this or like honestly having, having any aspirations for it. I, I grew up um, seeing ministry modeled really well in my parents. So... Like I knew at, at 16 or 17, I, I wanted to be in ministry um, and went to school for music, but I really just knew I wanted to be a part of a church and serve the church. And so all what, what God has done through Elevation um, and me being a part is, like I said, it's just crazy honor. I can't, <laughs> believe, it. I can't believe it. That's beautiful. Chris, what's, what's it like being part of 
uh, a movement when you come from, as you said, a, a pretty small church in a small town. Um, how does it feel for you, just even spiritually, to be able to connect with God and other people in the context of mega church? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really think about it um, all that that differently anymore. Um, to me, my, my parents taught me this early on, and it is uh, it's the, the lifeblood of anything uh, today in ministry. And anytime I'm stepping into Sunday, which is like your your private time with the Lord, your personal relationship with God, your your own personal uh, worship of God is always going to be um, the uh, the driving force for you is going to be the most uh, important thing. It should remain a priority. And so like, I, yeah, it's, um, it's uh, God's given our church a lot of influence and um, you know, our, our pastor, he's, he's has so much vision and heart for what God has called um, us to build. But I don't really think of it honestly in, in terms, you know, like how it used to be versus how, how it is now, because I do think the common thread just, just remains like, I understand, I understand what my priority is. Um, and we've, my wife and I have two kids and so I'm getting, we're raising them right now and, and getting to pass on, pass on those values to them is, is, you know, of utmost important to us, importance to us. Like last night we were having dinner with some friends and, actually just talking about it's very it's important for us to, for the kids to walk downstairs in the morning and to see me and Beth reading our Bibles in the morning because we don't want to just be a family that raises our kids in ministry that they ministry looks like a mm. public thing only right um, but it's just something like you know that is a part of our life and it's normal for us to um, talk about our relationship with the Lord. Can I tell you something so funny? This just jumped in my head. Please. Um, it, it, all right. So it's going to sound strange I'll, at first, but I'm going to get to the funny part. So my, my little girl's um, eight. Her name is Adelaide. And I was on the porch the other day reading. I was reading Revelation. Um, and she came out uh, with my son, Joa. And she was like, uh, will you read whatever you're reading um, to us? Oh, well, it's revelation, <laughs> but I was like, Hey, why, why not? You know? Um, so I started reading there super into stories in general, but, um, I get to where Jesus, uh, says, you know, I'm the alpha and omega first and last. And my little girl, she's like, <laughs> she laughs and I'm, I don't really think much of it. I kind of like move on to explain. So alpha means first or beginning omega means last or, or the end. And she's like, <laughs> She just laughs and I'm like, baby, what, what are you, what are you laughing at? What's so funny? Um, and she's like, alpha, like the little rascals. Why is Jesus talking about the little rascals? <laughs> alpha. 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 Um, love it. That's fabulous. Total aside dad story, but <laughs> the cutest thing in the world. That's the best thing in the world. And, you know, anytime you are going to be singing a lyric that has alpha and omega, <laughs> it's going to be right here in your brain. <laughs> it will never be the same. <laughs> that is so precious. I love that you talked about, you know, wanting your kids to see that your your faith in, in the Lord 
is personal. We really don't have anything to offer publicly to bring people along into an experience of worshiping God if we're not connecting with him. I I have learned just in too many years um, being in, in contemporary Christian radio and meeting so many gifted artists, people don't, don't get to a certain level by faking it, that you can't, you can't fake an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but I, I, I always wonder how you guard that authentic relationship with Jesus when all of a sudden this thing that you started to do out of the purest heart, the purest motive just kind of blows up. And all of a sudden you have this influence. Are there some practices, some disciplines, some accountability, some things that you built into your life to help you keep yourself in the right space before, before God? You know, I, I think in terms of like how it plays, how my ministry plays itself out on a pub, public platform or stage. I, someone told me years ago that um, if you will stay grounded in being effective over being impressive, it will take you so much further. Mm. And I've, I come, I come back to that all the time when things, I mean, we live, we're going to say in like, the craziest time with social media, right? Like all the pros of social media are personally, I think outweighed by the the cons that can come along with social media and the, the images we feel like this need to always project and uh, you know, looking, looking a certain way, acting a certain way, framing up our lives in a certain way that all ultimately I think often come down to, projecting an image of being impressive. And it's, it's a, a curious little trap. I think for people in particular, like, like myself who are, are on a platform in front of people and the gift we've uh, we've been given or we're using is in front of people. It can just catch you up in this cycle of that's right. I can lean on my talent uh, pretty easily and impress people with just my talent and kind of forget that, uh, forget the source of it all. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think one of the, the things that is, that grounds me all the time is like when I step into um, a moment of leading worship or, uh, a time of, of sharing or teaching my, my prayer is Lord, if I can just be effective in this moment, um, over being impressive, then, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to connect more, with people, obviously, there's there's going to be um, something far greater that is either imparted from God through me, or people are just going to experience and connect with the Lord in a different way than um, than you know my my number one goal to to be up there and be impressive. And so yeah. that that helps me so much, honestly. That's really good. Effective over impressive. Can you talk to me a little bit about? your songwriting because um honestly it, it must feel like you're dancing with the holy spirit sometimes <laughs> some of the music that's that's flowed out of you um do you remember the first song that you ever wrote chris uh it would it would have been like when i was 13 or 14 yeah and it would have uh it would have been a a, a sorry attempt at a love song <laughs> of course <laughs> 
<laughs> I grew I grew up starting at like around that age playing with buddies and we would um, play in these little again small town but the VFW um, looked like this old cabin this log cabin and we'd play for birthday parties and um, mainly we'd be playing covers but every once in a while I would you know have an attempt at writing a love song I, I really can't remember the first song I I started I started writing some more songs about the Lord and in uh, toward the end of high school and in college and then when I came on and was a part of Elevation, it's it's always been our pastor's heart for us to to write songs and give voice to our people, just to, to have songs for our community. And so we started right away, and I had never written a worship song. So um, I've been a part of Elevation now for 14 years. It's been a long um, a long time doing it, and um, have just fallen more and more in love with it. But it's taken so many different shapes. And I mentioned Pastor Stephen earlier. I've known him since high school and I met him as a musician. So he was when we were like 16 and 17 or something like that. We were playing in two different bands at the same place and we would keep showing up and our bands would keep playing at this, this place in Charleston, South Carolina. So I knew him long before he was a preacher as as a songwriter and uh, as a musician and two like little punk bands that we had going. So years ago when he started writing with us, it felt like the most natural thing for me because it was like taking me back to when I was 16 as well. His understanding of of scripture and having a vision for what our church needs to sing, that plays a massive part in our whole songwriting, not to mention is he's he's so gifted as well musically, but I mean, it's it's looked it's looked so much, you know, so different. Like early when we were writing so, like some songs like Oh, Come to the Altar and even even, a, you know, song like Do It Again. At that point, we were still, I think, learning, co- coming into like our understanding of how to give our church the best version of a of a song to connect with God is like we had written for years prior, but like we were emulating um, others for so long because like anytime you do something new, that's what you do, right? You look at the best models and you just, you lift and you steal as much as you possibly can. And you're just trying. So I think like even back to those times, 2016, 17, we were, I think modeling even a lot of those songs after a certain structure. And then the last couple of years, we've maybe two or three years, we've, we've started to just be more comfortable with our own, like identifying our own voice and finally stepping into like, let's, let's just not write out of a place where we think this is what the song should look and sound like. And maybe even a box for this song, a formula, if you will, as much as like, you know, write from a place of emotion, a place of like feeling mixed in with like, correct theology and but um i can tell you a lot of times i've left certain songwriting sessions and even recorded some songs where i'm like i kind of like the song and it's okay and then there is so different when you personally feel the song and i'm not having to convince myself if i like this song or not and i think that right there that feeling in your gut is has kind of become our standard over the last few years. It sounds so basic now that I'm saying it out loud. It sounds yeah. like, yeah, why didn't you do that 
for year for you know for the last several years but i think it's finally dawned on us like we've got we we kind of have the tools we know what we're supposed to be you know doing but if we don't feel it then it's not going to connect with other people right. like if we personally don't have this song inside of our spirit it's it's likely not going to you know translate that same way so um that's that's been one of the most refreshing parts over the last couple of years of writing is it just feels more free and open um so gosh to, to hear you sing these songs your your voice communicates so much of that feeling that's i mean that's that, that comes through in the way that you sing i was just listening to um mercy oh yeah and boy it's, it's hard to even talk about that song without um without losing it the the lyrics the feeling hmm. the, the story i i feel that and you talk about wanting to write things that connect with people i mean i just feel that song deeply and it just um what a, what a special gift to help us find words and melody to say thank you to him um, thank you. I'm so, I'm so happy that you love um, Mercy and you felt a connection to it. It does always feel a bit, I use this word carefully, so don't read into it too much, but it feels kind of like magic when melody and lyric um, just finally go go off and they connect and you're like, how, how did another song that didn't exist at the beginning of today suddenly <laughs> appear like it every single time it feels it feels like the most magical experience and i'm i'm in wonder of it like i don't wow. I, I i really am and i i heard um this producer that produced youtube for years he was talking about the production process and some of the songwriting process with bono and the edge and, and that band for years and he was like nothing nothing is ever easy in producing an album and we'd always hope that uh, we always are hoping that we're going to bump into some sort of like spark or some sort of magic. But how does magic come our way? It comes through blood, sweat and tears. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of feel like I mean, that's the most true statement, not putting ourselves by any means on, on the level of, of you two and the songwriting of Bono. But I, I relate to that. Like I've seen it play out. You just you just show up time and time again, and you keep putting in work, and you have a lot of patience, and you're not willing to settle uh, for for like your first draft or maybe your second or third or fourth draft a lot of times, and suddenly it just the spark is there, and you're like, wow, this really was the perfect melody for to convey this this lyric and this emotion, and thank you Jesus that it it came together. Carrie Job, I had a conversation with Carrie Job. Um, a while back about the, the songwriting of the song, The Blessing. Yeah. And you all were working on a different song and ready to almost, you know, leave. But then something new started happening. And she said it was like everybody sensed that something new and something that magic was happening, that the spirit was doing something that nobody expected. And yep. they would already put in a really long day. And do you abandon all that other stuff and go with this new thing. Do you go home? What do you do? And uh, thank you for lingering on that one. <laughs> hey, it's Tracy. And I just going to jump in real quick here. 
in the midst of this great conversation with Chris Brown from Elevation because I want to tell you about our sponsors for the podcast, J29 Solutions. Now, this amazing company can do so many things to help your business. They're innovators with leading experts in technology and processes that can help with everything from staffing to data analysis, Medicare claims, health and human services. But what impresses me most about J29, it's their commitment to their people and their community. I just love Tracy Mills, who founded her company on the principle in her favorite scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, because she wants to give people hope. And the way that she does that is by giving back to the community. She tithes J29's earnings back to nonprofits that align with her company's values each month. Strengthening the community is a pillar of J29 Solutions. And Tracy is passionate about inspiring her employees to do great things in the world and to give back. I just feel so grateful and blessed to have J29 Solutions as our sponsor for your day brighter. Now, Tracy's putting out a challenge to other businesses. Join her. Be a part of giving back to your community, too. We were created to make a difference. To connect with Tracy, just go to J29Inc.com. And now let's jump back in to conversation with worship leader, songwriter, all around beautiful human, Chris Brown from Elevation. Chris, what is, what is your heart need right now in a, in a worship song? Like, I don't know if you've written anything yet today or if you're going to be writing today, but um, what is a, a topic or an attribute or a story of, of God that your heart needs a song about that you, you need to write? Well, I, I can tell you we've... Um... We just this past Sunday at church uh, tried out and introduced a new a new song, and we we haven't had one like this one before. And how it how it sounds, but um, and we have we have court. So the song's called "Let the Lion Roar," and it is. I think I didn't realize even when we were writing, I was very overcome when we were writing it past Pastor Stephen and Brandon Lake. And I wrote it together and um, a few months back, but we just got to introducing it. And it's, it's a very weighty song with kind of this uh, uh, aggression in, in the music, but there, I didn't realize it until last week. So I'm just putting it in like current context that how, how weighty, of of a lyric like the second verse says pride of zion the prophet spoke our messiah is flesh and bone you alone are worthy to open up the scroll like a lamb you suffered but the lion has arose and when we were going into saying i realized how what what i i needed that song and that expression to have this uh, announcement of the weight of God's glory and the the uh, this big announcement that does sound like the roar of a lion, but I mean that this announcement that Jesus is is so paradoxical. He's the lion and the the lamb at the same time. And in in Revelation five, like you know, John's having the vision right, and he's weeping because no one was found worthy to to open the scrolls up and, and uh, 
suddenly one of the elders comes up and says, don't worry, there is there is one worthy to open the scroll. And and he's at the center of it all. And he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. There's just so, so much richness. I think we've written a lot of love songs recently, love songs between about about the love of, of our father. Um, and we've written a lot of songs that I feel like have been so needed in our community, like a song called Jaira that is just about God's acceptance of us. And we don't have to prove a thing to earn his love. Um, and uh, we've written songs like Graves in the Gardens and The Blessing. And, um, but this one that was just about the greatness and the glory of God and recognizing that, acknowledging it and making this big announcement and that this is this is when we acknowledge this type of worship and when we engage in this type of worship, this is what is happening in heaven and has been happening in heaven. And it shifts things differently. It shifts rooms differently and, and our spirits differently. So I, I would just say, like, right now, I I love it. My soul needs it. Um, so, yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. I wonder sometimes if it, I feel like I have to guard against being too uh, casual, um, right. you know, in, in my worship and even the language that we use and what you're describing is, you know, it's the, the weight of his glory and the reverence um, mm. that I that I want to feel all the time that I do, don't always have in the right place. And so, uh, yeah, I really I appreciate a lot. Um what you're what you're communicating there that's it's heavy yeah. and it's needed because <laughs> yes. i you know. think it's about balance of both because i i mean it even saying like jesus sometimes he i mean he's depicted and is in fact seemingly uh contradictory to himself like how can you how can you be both of these things how can you be um a loving father and a judge mm. You know, right. how can you be a lion and a lion? like, but it's, it's balanced and it's all together in, in one. And so we do need songs where we can feel embraced and overcome by the love of, you know, of, of God. And, um, and we need songs where we, where we recognize, I can't believe that somehow I found my way into his presence because I don't belong here. I'm not, I'm not worthy. You know, while you right after you just saying you you accept me as I am, you know, you 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 bring me in like a loving father ran to, to his son. Like how, how do those two work side by side? But they do mm -hmm. and that's the nature of who God is. But Chris, what does it look like to get lost in worship when leading worship is your job? That's such a weird thing to say. It's such a weird thing to say, but I know you know what I mean. Yeah. It's your job. It's it's your calling. It's your vocation. But it is your job, and yet you you have to be so tender to to the spirit. And right on that line, you know, can you describe how you find that middle ground? Talk to the to the the worship leaders and the people that are in ministry out there that are like, you know, I I don't want to be like ignoring other people, but I want to have my time with God too. And can you, can you talk about that tension? I, I think for, for worship leaders, people do not, they do not 
need us to to perform for them and they're not showing up on sunday morning or wednesday night or whenever looking for another concert to go to they i don't know that everybody is you know always acutely aware of their their motives and why you know sometimes uh getting your family in the van and going to church is just what you do so it's kind of routine um it's it it may even be a checklist item because that's you know and you may not always be aware of why you're stepping into the sanctuary but i can promise like when when people show up on sunday mornings what they don't need is is a is a leader up there who is consumed with going back to the word impressive a leader who's in, consumed with trying to just showcase something or be impressive um what they need to meet with is is god in 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 a corporate sense and maybe their soul needs nourishing and they haven't had time or whatever to be encouraged all week long and so when i'm when i'm leading i think one of the the most important things for me to balance is like i first and foremost have to remember i'm here to minister to the lord like i'm here to bring him an offering and i want to bring him a worthy offering i don't want to bring a fake offering he's he sees right to the to the core of my soul and my heart and my motives that's just silly for me to even put on an act anyway and not not bring something that's this pure and that's not to say that i always step on a on a stage and and feel like it but i also am have become mature enough through the years to know like i can't base everything off of feelings anyway i just know when it's when when i stand on a platform that god has placed me in that i've been given this responsibility i can't take that lightly so i'm gonna hopefully demonstrate um what it looks like to minister to god and then to to look out and to try to bring people with me. And I think by modeling, hopefully modeling what it looks like to bring God an offering of worship, people are being engaged and drawn in, but then opening my eyes and and seeing our role as worship leaders on stage as servants. And we're here to serve these people who have come here mm -hmm. and um, sometimes that means like taking their hand and showing showing them the way practically. Sometimes it means let's shout unto God with a voice of triumph and getting people uh, out of their comfort zone of of being reserved maybe um, in church or maybe it's sometimes recognizing this is a time to 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 be in reverence and to be in awe. It's it's all of those, and I think it. Um, I don't know. I think I. I just hope us as a team on, you know, any Sunday morning we're stepping up or when we're on, on the road, on tour, whatever we, I mean, our, our biggest prayer is that like, we, we just fully understand we can't change anyone. Um, we, we can't force a connection with God to happen for other people. And we know like it's, it's his spirit alone that will do whatever it needs to do and whatever he chooses to do. And if we can just stay open, stay focused on our role and ministering to him and hope, and then bringing people along with us. So much wisdom. You just dropped so much wisdom there. I thank you for that. I know that's um, something that a lot of people really struggle with, finding that balance. So to be able to hear from you, 
how you approach it is really, really helpful. I know the pandemic did a lot of stuff uh, around the world in our hearts. Has there been a positive thing that came out of it for you that you wouldn't mind holding on to? And can you tell me about just a meaningful moment during this shutdown? I can say one one positive was having um, having this much time at home <laughs> with my family and my kids. And to, for us, 2019, we we were gone um, quite a bit, much much more uh, time on the road and away from home than we had ever experienced. And um, so we were already making plans in 2020 for the front half to to not um, travel. And uh, and when that got forced. To, to be at home. We didn't let off the brakes at Elevation. We actually picked up, I think, the amount of times we were writing and introducing new songs. And But it was a gift for our family for me to be at, at home as as much for the last, um, you know, year, year and a half. And we'll, um, right now, we're, we're, we're planning to be back on the road at the end of October into November for the first time. And that'll be like the first time in two years. And I'm like, Wow! Oh my gosh! I won't. Rem- what is the rhythm like of of being being on tour? But um, no, it it has been a it has been a gift for our family. And I would think um, I don't know. I think one of so, so much obviously of of the last eighteen months has um, most of us, all of us, many of us, has been right this constant battle of the mind and mental uh, mental Olympics almost of just sometimes day to day, sometimes hour to hour, uh, waking up, um, especially last year in the, in the thick of it. I, I, I heard a quote last year um, by, this, by this preacher named Martin Lloyd-Jones who said, we spend way too much time listening to ourselves and not enough time preaching to ourselves. And um, yeah. that helped me honestly deal with so much understanding of where my anxiety was coming from or when I would have, you know, ups and downs emotionally, mentally, and just feeling like all over the place, um, like we can all relate to. And I just realized like, that's why I just, my, my amount of time actually preaching God's word or, or stating truth to myself is way out of whack to the amount of time I'm actually just like listening to the voices in my head. <laughs> to whatever is coming through whatever feed I'm on and so I feel like that 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 was also a, a gift out of last year is um, mm. I've been I've done counseling on and off for years um, been in and out of uh, counseling and and I mean I've I've worked through a lot of that it's been one of the greatest you know most helpful gifts as well understanding how how I'm wired and um, and everything, but yeah, specifically for for where we've been, I think the mental um, mental game has has been difficult for a lot of us. And and but just learning, like, and I can overcome a lot of these thoughts if I just silence the voices and actually just preach to myself more. Wow, I, you know, I re- appreciate your your transparency and just talking about that. I'm I'm encouraged that there's actually conversation happening now. Um, about mental health and about anxiety and that we're hearing more and more people in the public eye who are speaking up and saying, yes, I deal with this. And it gives people permission to realize, okay, there's not something just wrong with me. It's not my problem. I just, I don't have to just suck it up. I can actually 
share it with someone. I can get some help. I can work through it. It can get better. Absolutely. Yes. I, I think a lot of that has, um, like you said, has, uh, is, is surfacing more and more. And, um, and I think just acknowledging the, the strength we find in his spirit when we acknowledge our weakness. And, um, but then after, after acknowledging our weakness comes the practical, a lot of times the practical steps of like, so how am I going to help myself not get back to that place and the practical understanding. And that comes through a lot of different ways, right? Like it, a lot of different means for me, it's come through therapy. Um, it's come through just, uh, filling, filling my, um, ears with the right types of podcasts and turning off certain feeds, not watching or listening to, you know, news feeds. Um, I mean, there's just so many ways I'm not stating anything new necessarily as much as like, I, I think, yes, understanding our, our, our place of our, our great, great need for, for help and the source that, that has it all. Amen. Amen. I know I've got to let you go, Chris. Last question for you. Um, gosh, you're just precious. How can we be praying for you and Beth and Joa and Adelaide and for your church? Thank you. Um, well, Adelaide, just a couple weeks ago, uh, she she had a moment one night where she uh, wanted to ask the Lord into her heart. She has been um, our little free spirit child for for years and she has been the most sensitive little girl and we've we've felt for a few years like she's she's eight she just she she's written out her prayers and she's she just talks to god a lot and and she shares with us like how she 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 understands empathy and she shares with us like all who i've felt for a, a few years like this girl like loves jesus and she she but anyway a couple weeks ago we um she was like i've never like actually asked him into my heart so we're in that that uh that stage and we're talking about baptism right now and she's so excited to be baptized so that's a fun next step for our family and um i mean tracy the biggest thing i could ever hope for is just to keep um being a good model for our kids and let them um continue to love the lord and for us to have a household that encourages them to to grow up to you know be who god's called them to be and understands how much they're they're loved as they are so me and beth to have have wisdom and um in raising our kids would be amazing yeah Mm. from your lips to god's ears and i will i will pray for you can i pray for you right now please thank you can i pray for you right now gracious lord thank you for just the the privilege of being able to come to you um to be able to share in conversation to share our hearts. Thank you, God, that you are our safe place. You're our hiding place. You're our refuge. And um, and you can take it. You can take it all. Thank you, God. I want to lift up Chris. I thank you for his life, um, his, his precious heart that is set apart for you. Thank you for Beth. Thank you for Joa. Thank you for Adelaide. Thank you for this sweet season in their lives. Thank you, Lord, for bringing them through what's been a really hard season, um, God. But here we are, um, and, and we're standing, and we're saying, God, that you are good, and you are faithful, and you are true, and we love you, Lord. And I, I pray, God, your protection over Chris and his family, God, that you would give them divine wisdom, that you would 
um, speak to them, confide in them about your great plans for them. Um, show them God the way, always the way, uh, the better way, um, the way to take the higher road, always. I pray that they would not have um, any concern about tomorrow, Lord, but that they would trust you literally with manna from heaven every, every single day. Thank you for the gift of creativity and, and love, um, for the gift of a, of a sound mind um, and for sweet sleep. We pray, God, that little Adelaide's faith would, uh, would just grow and be fruitful um, and that their whole family would grow together, that you would be the center, that they would flourish and thrive in you. Protect Chris even as he travels um, going back on the road this fall, God, I pray that you'd send them where they need to be and that you would bring people in the doors that need to come and hear the message. Um, use him mightily, Lord, but let him always know that he is precious to you, not because of anything that he does. Um, I just give you thanks for him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I will take prayer every time. He's so wise and authentic and humble and gracious. Chris Brown from Elevation, such a, a joy to speak with him. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I tell you, I picked up some, some nuggets from Chris. I loved what he shared when I asked him about how he guards his heart, you know, being in the spotlight, but being someone who's entrusted to lead worship and making sure that his heart is in the right place with God. And this is what he shared. This is your bright spot. Take notes if you need to. <laughs> I think one of the, the things that is that grounds me all the time is like when I step into um, a moment of leading worship or uh, a time of of sharing or teaching, my, my prayer is, Lord, if I can just be effective in this moment over being impressive, then I'm going to I'm going to connect more with people. Obviously, there's there's going to be um, something far greater that is either imparted from God through me or people are just going to experience and connect with the Lord in a different way than than, you know, my my number one goal to to be up there and be impressive. And so yeah. that, that helps me so much, honestly. Effective over impressive. That is some real wisdom right there. I was just reading in Acts 14, and it talks about Paul and Barnabas in Iconium. And they were preaching in this Jewish synagogue. And it says right there in verse 1 in Acts 14, it says, They spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. They were speaking effectively. When we are effective over impressive we're gaining ground for the kingdom of God. We're accomplishing God's purposes. And so, whew, Chris Brown, thank you so much for that. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I'm so grateful that you are a part of our listening community. And uh, would you do me a couple of favors? Okay. I would love it if you would share the podcast with somebody that you think could really benefit from it. And if you would, leave a review because it helps other people to find it too. Your Day Brighter is produced by Tracy Tiernan and John Lohan for Brighter Media Group. And I want to thank our awesome production team, Todd Gaddy, Julie Gilligan, Aaron Branham, and Hannah Baldwin. Thank you so much, guys, for all of your hard work. And may I leave you with this? Tell somebody your story today. Or better yet, ask 
to hear theirs.